0: Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What The Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What is happening?
1: Hey, how you doing? I'm, a lot is happening. I'm very excited to be uh, recording with you today. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, it's always fun. Always a good time.
0: Well, let's pump it up because uh, today's topic is evangelism. Ooh, very nice. Yes, sir. So will you give us some background to this topic? Why are we talking about evangelism, Pastor Joel?
1: Well, this entire season has kind of started this theme of what comes after salvation, right? Uh, we talked about sanctification in the first episode episode 2 is witnessing so that was the last episode we talked about what does it mean to witness how has how have people done it wrong why do people tend not to want to and what's the right way to do it well now evangelism the reason we're talking about this right after witnessing is because the church tends to what we say is lump like mm. can, they combine these two concepts as if they're the same thing, meaning essentially to lump witnessing and evangelism would be like saying witnessing and evangelism are the same thing. So that's really the history of this in the background of this topic is is that people think they are the same thing. This is something we are trying to do. Uh, We're trying to get information to people who need it, information about God, about salvation, who need it. Witnessing and evangelism come into play there. So, really, what we could say though is witnessing, which we've learned is what is sharing my story, my salvation story, combined with an accurate representation of the salvation doctrine. Mm. That's really witnessing, right? I'm sharing my salvation story. Yep, that is one part of evangelism evangelism in and of itself is a much broader topic it covers more concepts within it than just merely witnessing but witnessing is one method of evangelism
0: i love it there you go it's already been worth the podcast right these are wait 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 these are two different things
1: yeah they are
0: okay so we're talking about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. Right. So how have people been damaged by evangelism or this topic of evangelism?
1: Yeah, the, the biggest damage is that the church is missing out on one of the huge benefits that Jesus gave to the church. If you look at Ephesians 4.11, it talks about these gifts that Jesus gave to the church. And it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So point being, Jesus gave these gifts to the church. If we don't understand what evangelism or an evangelist is the way Jesus intended, we're missing out on this amazing benefit, this gift that Jesus gave to the church. So when a person thinks that getting people saved is all that evangelism is, they're missing out on all these other benefits that evangelists and evangelism bring to people. Hmm. For instance, if, if, if evangelism was just getting people saved, you're missing out on two-thirds of the gospel. So the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Nice. And we'll, I'm sure, get into this in detail in a further episode. We'll probably do an entire episode on the gospel. But real quickly here, the death of Christ is what brings salvation to men and women. The burial and the resurrection bring two other huge benefits to Christians. So salvation is one part of the gospel. There are two other parts we're missing when, when, when we only evangelize that one part of the gospel, we're missing out on giving a benefit. Hmm. Two thirds of the benefit of the gospel is being missed out in the church. Wow. Furthermore, so, so evangelism is really getting this message of God out or the good news of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ out, not just one part of it, but all three parts of the gospel evangelism is how god brings about his will through people god's will that all be saved he wants people to have eternal life right he needs this message to be get to be got out right yeah to the masses yeah evangelism facilitates god's will so this is a huge deal when we when we limit evangelism to just salvation we're actually limiting God's will happening through people as well. And if you need to um recap on some of the the doctrine of God in particular and how he works and how he interacts with humans and Christians, I would highly recommend going back to season 2 and listening to the first 6 episodes. That is the God's Nature mini series and if you need a refresher on why we're talking about God the way we are and how His will happens through people. Um, Understanding God's nature is going to be key to understanding even how evangelism works.
0: Wow. Okay. So you just, I feel like you just unlumped another concept, which is salvation and the gospel. Yeah. That the gospel you're saying is three parts. Right. And salvation is one of those three parts.
1: Right. So similar to how witnessing is one part. Of evangelism. Ooh. Yeah. So you're right. That is another, another thing we just got resolution on.
0: Nice. I'm going to need a chart soon. <laughs>
1: yeah. All the lumps were dissolving.
0: That's right. It's all, all of this, the separation of concepts. This is great. Okay. So what does this conflict or issue look like in the church?
1: The, so we're talking the strict side here, this, yeah. this conflict, what this looks like is just treating evangelism as if it's witnessing, just getting people saved. And what this would look like then is really like what Pastor Tater taught us last week, what he thought witnessing was, was door knocking and street corner ranting, <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> or, right. you know,
1: maybe passing out tracts. And, sure, sure. Um, Making people aware of right, right Jesus. of their sin or yeah. of Jesus right. that they need to receive Him as their Savior. All those are great things, and we're not, you know, maybe maybe I would have an issue in some of the methods in which Pastor Tater um shared that he used or he was taught and he used to witness. But we're the the point of this episode. The point here isn't these people are witnessing wrong. The point is if we treat evangelism and witnessing as the same, that's the issue here is evangelism is much bigger. Evangelism isn't just going out and doing these behaviors in order to feel good about myself, trying to get people saved. If I tell people about Jesus, then I'm evangelism Eh, in part. Wow. So how do you, these people who hold the
0: strict perspective support their beliefs with the Bible.
1: Well, you could look at really any verse that talks about evangelism. So, Second uh, Timothy four five says this, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill mm-hmm. your ministry. So here, the Apostle Paul is teaching Tim timothy tim our buddy tim. Yeah. <laughs> nice i love it
0: i love it that's awesome too. he's teaching
1: timothy <laughs> look at that it just came out of yeah. you oh man it's your it's buddy like my buddy tim yep exactly yeah, yeah, you know tim feel, feels like my friend right <laughs> yes yeah, yeah you know tim great. you know paul's telling timothy here do the work of an evangelist so awesome. so although this verse so this would be this would be tend to what to what we tend to see when people are using scriptures to support these either side of the argument strict or loose what tends to happen is they'll find a verse that speaks about the concept that they're defending. Here's a verse that talks about doing the work of an evangelist. Great. I can use this verse to support my perspective that, you see, Paul says we should go out and do the work of an evangelist. So I'm going to go out. I'm going to preach from the street corners. I'm going to go door knocking. I'm going to hand out tracts. It's like, okay, the issue here is that although this verse definitely states we should do the work of an evangelist, it doesn't explain what that work is. Ah, very nice. Right? So yeah. it's important that we interpret the Bible accurately according to how God intended us to understand it. That's more important than reading or quoting the Bible at people. Why the Bible says what it says is more important than what it says.
0: Nice. And we
1: tend to see people focus on what the Bible says. Oh yeah. to support usually when it's flawed beliefs in particular, what the Bible says tends to support these flawed beliefs and people will avoid what it means. Cuz if somebody said to me, "Hey Joel, well second Timothy 4, five says, do the work of an evangelist." My next question would still be, "Well, what does that mean?" Right. Yeah, you know, so and and that would that would help, you know, get to more of the purpose of the Bible is for us to understand what God wants from us, not just to read it just for the sake of reading it.
0: Yeah. Very wise man once told me, if you're going to hang your hat on a verse, right, this is my life verse, or these, this is, this is in my arsenal of verses that I live by. Yeah. Find out what those words mean. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. F-
0: find out what the original, what the original words mean, like dig, to discover that because right. it could be different translations, but, and we don't want to put our, our beliefs into these words. We want to understand what God means when he's using these words. Right. Okay. So someone approaches you with a strict perspective, Pastor Joel, how would you handle an interaction with them?
1: Right. So I, I kind of tipped my hand here already. Mm-hmm. So, if, Like for instance, if somebody came with me, came at me with this verse and said well joel i'm just doing what the bible says second timothy four or five says do the work of an evangelist i could ask them, well what does that mean or in other words you know what we tend to do in this side of the this side of the argument of whatever the topic is is ask the definition of the word they're using what's okay. your definition of evangelism another way i could go about it is even asking well do you know the difference between evangelism and witnessing Because here's the thing. Witnessing is particularly, we're trying to get lost people saved, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, going deeper into the Ephesians 4.11 verse that talks about these gifts that Jesus gave to who? To the church. Right. So this verse, Ephesians 4.11, that talks about one of the gifts that Jesus gave to the the church is evangelists. Means this. He gave this gift of evangelism. Of these people. Who are evangelists. To people. Who are already saved. The church is people. Who already believe in Jesus. Hmm. The church is filled with. Christians right. Followers of God. Sons and daughters of the father. Why would they need an evangelist if all evangelism was, was about getting people saved. Wouldn't that gift be, why would you give this gift to the church if it was meant for people who were outside the church? Interesting. Oh, that's great. So there's great. a benefit hmm. the church experiences from the gift of evangelism that we're missing out on. So I could ask this person, well, doesn't Ephesians, Ephesians 4 shows this gift was given to the church? How does the church benefit from a guy just telling them the Romans road?
0: Right. Like, yeah,
1: like, I'd be like, thank you. Thank you. I'm already a believer, but I appreciate you once again, sharing with me, you know, the verses that support my salvation. How do they help me now? So all, all I need to do is ask questions that really are exposing this person's inability to define evangelism Hmm. or exposing the fact that they're missing two thirds of the benefit that the gospel presents. And in fact, salvation, we already learned, isn't really a benefit. It's a lack of a detriment,
0: right? So we're
1: missing really all of the benefits Hmm. of the gospel when all we do is focus on salvation
0: wow well that's cool because you you actually unlumped something else as well which is there's a difference between evangelism and an evangelist yep which i'm hoping that we'll get into more you know about about that in the future more about yeah that'll be
1: yeah we'll be doing episodes i'm sure in future seasons that will be um Church government stuff like that. We'll go through these fivefold the 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 five gifts that were given in the Ephesians four eleven. And because you're right, you know what what I can say is this: there are evangelists, there are people who have been given this gift. Mm -hmm. Yet, what Second Timothy four five does show us is that whether I have that gift or not, we all ought to do the work of an evangelist.
0: Ah, so if I go, oh, I'm not an evangelist. But our as believers, we're still called to do the work. Yes, we are.
1: So, or else Paul would have just said, "Be an evangelist." No, he said, "Do the work of an
0: evangelist." I see why. Yeah, I can definitely see why this is an important topic.
1: So I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because what, we'll, what we can say right now is, we just well, we just really did remove the rationalization that anybody can have, especially people who are listening. I suppose. Let's remove that rationalization that, well, I'm not an evangelist, so I don't need to evangelize. It's like, no. There you go. God calls us all to evangelize. We're not all evangelists, but we should all do the work of an evangelist.
0: Very cool. Okay. So the strict perspective where we're at right now is what we've covered is the strict perspective holds to the belief that evangelism is merely getting people saved. Right. That's what the strict perspective is. So- Correct. Before we get into the Loose Perspective, why don't we go to the phone lines, and it's lighting up with a call from Pastor Richard Tater. All right. Man, we need a theme song. <laughs> no kidding. That's great. Okay. Well, hey there, Pastor Tater. Uh, go ahead. You, you're, we hear you. You're on the line.
2: Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? Nice to be here. All of that good stuff. God bless y'all. Hello. Hello. So now I'd like to say before restoration, I didn't know the good news well enough to be able to explain it. That's right. In fact, I think I realized this without knowing it decades ago. It all came to a head when I took my eldest son on a missionary trip. It's something that we used to do. He didn't want to go because he didn't see the purpose. He would ask me if God saves people before time, if he could directly save them against their will, why do I need to be involved?
1: Whoa, good question. Well, What did you say?
2: <laughs> Honestly, Pastor Joel, I didn't know what to say. I asked my leadership, and they said, Don't you want to watch God play? Oh,
0: wow. How, how did your son respond to that?
2: Well, he actually came with me on the mission trip, but he stopped talking to me after we got back. Something I thought would bring me and my son together actually drove us apart
0: i am so sorry that happened
2: oh so am i so am i where were you guys 15 years ago <laughs> uh, you don't need to answer that uh i'm taking enough of your time uh, Thanks for letting me share i'll hang up and listen to y'all's response this was my favorite podcast to hate god bless all right. Wow.
0: Thank you for that call. Pastor Tater, thank you for sharing so yeah. deeply about your son and what happened on the
2: missions trip. Um, Pastor Joel, what did what did you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he it's an example of church damage. The the information he's given was, you know, what what was supposed to bring him and his son together was doing the opposite that's unfortunate i think what we're seeing here is you know a lot of the um of evangelism is a little bit more complex complex more complicated of a doctrine because it includes so many of the previous doctrines that we've covered and you know that's one of the reasons you can see that we're continuing to build as we go on yeah. each season And that's why this topic that a lot of times pastors and leaders want to talk about evangelism or even witnessing um, really quickly to their people. But There's a lot of things that ought to be covered first so that when people are witnessing or evangelizing, they're doing so in the right manner. And, you know, that's why this topic doesn't come up till season three for us.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense, you know, Pastor Tater, and I, I agree, I think there's a lot of pastors in this boat. And, you know, Pastor Tater didn't know the gospel well enough to be able to explain it. Right. So and explain it so that it made sense to other people. Yeah, you know, where I think we ought to be able to explain our beliefs to the point where someone else wants it. And if it doesn't make sense, I don't think that I I, I would be very reluctant to do something that someone's asking me to do, especially take such a huge risk Right? if it didn't make any sense. You know, the most important thing that you're supposed to do doesn't make sense. And I can't explain it to you. It's like, I get why people wouldn't want to do that. I think Pastor Tater feels that. Yeah. And it makes sense that that there is this divide between Pastor Tater and his son. Yeah. And this is what we're talking about. This is, and it, it is what you mentioned, Pastor Joel. This is why we're doing the this show. This is, a, this is an example of church damage.
1: Yeah, it is. The pastors and leaders oftentimes have people preaching about these things and preaching about them in, in the wrong way. Or in a way that they can't understand is actually hurting people, you know, and not being able to give answers to these big and important, I mean, big questions. Yes. Important questions. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. more so the most important questions. Who is God? How do I get saved? How do I help other people have a relationship with him? Yeah. And those things we need, we need to be able to answer for, and we need to be able to help other people have those, have those answers for themselves.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's go to the other side of the
1: argument, Pastor Joel. What is the loose perspective? The loose side on really on any argument tends to be the people who are trying to avoid the tension of the concept, right? Right. Or the avoid the tension of the responsibility behind whatever this doctrine is, right? So here, it's like, I don't want to hurt or offend people, Like I've seen happen when people Mm -hmm. evangelize the wrong way. So I'm either not going to do it or I'll do it in a way that's watered down. You know, I'll do it really nicely and and being nice isn't wrong. That's my point. But the the people on this side would would tend to be overly nice to the point where the, the actual message isn't getting across.
0: Yeah. I like to think of that as someone pulling their punches you know? Oh, nice. Yeah, absolutely. They don't, they don't don't want to be clear
1: with it because they're afraid. Yeah, I see. And, you know, because they feel the tension of that, they don't want to also put that tension on another person. You know, a lot of times this, what you, what you experience with people on this side is somebody who would say when they evangelize what they are, what they will evangelize is that God loves you. He knows your heart. If you just believe in him, you'll be good. It's like, These are the things, you know, it's kind of like another example of like, well, I don't know what any of that means. Right. And I can't really do that. Like, what does it even mean to believe in him? What does it mean that he knows my heart? You know, but these, again, you see how, if if I'm saying, you know, God loves you, just, just put your trust in him is very much the loose side of this evangelism. And it's really the loose side of the witnessing too, right? Right. where it is just purely about salvation but it's also, you know what, I'm not actually getting down to the responsibility we have behind evangelism. And I'm really hurting people here because because I'm not taking the risk of actually preaching truth or actually bringing the steps a person would have to take to take responsibility for their salvation, for their eternal life, it's actually causing damage. Because now this person that I said, I say, you know what? God loves you, He knows your heart. That person's walking away with flawed doctrine. Mm. Hey, God does love you and He does know your heart. But when I'm using those terms to explain how a person gets saved, it I need I need to give them more than that. Or at least I need to explain what those words mean so that yeah. they can intentionally apply it to their own life. So really the people are getting or the the loose side is really people avoiding the tension of responsibility.
0: Got it. So how have people been hurt by those that hold that perspective?
1: Two ways. One it either gives people a way out of evangelizing altogether, which mm. makes them hypocrites really mm. because someone evangelized to them right or two these people are preventing god's will from happening by enabling really the man-made doctrine of universalism so this is this is something we've talked about in the salvation episode um universalism being this loose side argument really meaning that if we define god as love if we define grace as unmerited favor, the logical consequence of those doctrine defined that way as universalism, universalism, meaning eventually everyone will be saved. So that's two ways people are getting hurt by having this loose perspective of evangelism. Hmm. One, the good news is not getting out. And two, God's will isn't happening.
0: So, how would you handle an interaction with someone that had this loose perspective?
1: What I would do is you're kind of back to this, like you know, this hypocrisy of like, well, I was evangelized to. I need to evangelize to other people, or excusing in a way is I don't need to evangelize to other people, even though I was evangelized to. What I could mm-hmm. do is ask them, well, how did you come to know God? Mm. And why wouldn't you want to do that for someone else? That is such a good question. And now, you know, as far as this, like, covering the line of, like, uh, God knows your heart, God loves you, don't worry about it, believe in him, you're good. When we go down that road, we're in danger of ever trying to tell people they're right or wrong in the future. If I say, don't worry, God knows your heart, in response to somebody trying to overcome their sin. Yeah, God knows your heart. He knows you're trying to do he knows you're trying to do good. Then I need to be careful not to ever confront anybody for doing anything wrong. Okay. Because what I'm really saying is that none of that matters. God because knows God heart. knows
0: your God knows your heart, so therefore I don't need to say anything to Convince you about anything because God already knows it or you're good. You're good because God knows your heart.
1: God knows your heart. You're good. Okay. If that's true, then the next time someone does something wrong to you, just immediately forgive them Mm. because God knows their heart. They're just doing the best they can. Mm. Don't confront them about how they were wrong.
0: Okay. So it is, it's like they're, it's kind of like they're isolated. If, if they hold that perspective, like I, God will show me, he knows my heart. You can't say anything to me that will change my opinion. I'm on my own. It's me and God. Yeah. It sounds really good to say, God knows my heart and he loves me, but it's interesting because it sounds like it's more of a way to push someone away from confronting a potentially flawed belief
1: yeah and from from doing the work of maybe changing your heart <laughs> yeah okay? which yeah. that's again this whole side is all about everything we're doing here is trying yeah. to make sure you know people recognize we as human beings are responsible for our own thought process we are responsible for our behavior we are responsible for the condition of our heart God does mighty works in all those areas, but we are responsible to invite him in and to do the work to invite him in and to be repaired. And the loose side is just trying to buck that responsibility because it feels tense.
0: Right. Absolutely. Okay. So with the strict side, with the loose side, both of these perspectives. How do you see this affecting the church pastor Joel? What are your thoughts about this?
1: I tend to see three categories like normal, you know, like in all these in all the episodes. I see see three categories of people dealing with this damage. One, there's the group of people I feel sorry for. We are we pity these people, not look down at them, but we we are merciful towards them. We feel bad. Yeah. And I love you. You you like to remind me. It's like because we've been there. We were these people, right? <laughs> and who are these Absolutely. people? These were people who've been deceived into thinking that the only message Jesus gave was the salvation message. Wow. Yeah. Because these people are missing the benefits of Christianity. So remember, salvation is just the avoidance of a punishment. As great as that is, it's the avoidance of a detriment. So. What about the benefits? Like being happy that you're not going to hell isn't the benefit. Being happy that you're not going to someplace that is really, really bad. Although we can be grateful and we are grateful for our salvation. It isn't a benefit. It just. Be happy.
0: Be happy that I didn't punch you in the face.
1: Right. There you go. That's a great way. It's like, wait. I was happy. I mean, what do you mean? That, that doesn't make me, that's not a benefit, you not punching me in the face. Exactly. Yeah. So then there's the, the group of people we understand why they do what they do. These are people who don't evangelize because they know that the way they've experienced really didn't help them. These are people who know they don't know the gospel well enough to explain it to others so that it makes sense to them. Now really what we're seeing here is it's, it's people who are confident enough to know there is a benefit and confident and humble at the same time enough to know I haven't been taught this well enough, or I don't understand this well enough myself. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we talked about earlier in the episode is, you know, Pastor Tater talking about not being able to explain the gospel well enough so people understand it, right? Where these people at this level, the people we understand them who don't evangelize because they don't understand it well enough to explain are actually doing the right move. Hmm. Because if I, if I do explain something that I don't understand, it can lead to damage. It can lead to me causing damage on another person because I'm right. giving them the wrong information. Right. So that's why we understand these people because they're actually, they're actually starting to take responsibility for what they don't know. And then there's the people we're impressed with. These are people who know that evangelism is more than just salvation. People who evangelize all of the doctrine of Christianity. We look up to these people. We're impressed with these people because they want other people to receive the benefits of Christianity, not just the avoidance of hell.
0: Excellent. Okay, I'm chomping at the bit now. What is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel?
1: Well, the definition of evangelism. Okay, here we go. Finally. Yes. Uh, Finally. It is to amplify a message. Now, in the realm of Christianity, we are amplifying the message of God's kingdom. Nice. To amplify the message of the gospel, the entire gospel, to amplify it, right? So, let me just break this down a little bit further for you. Yeah, please, please, please. Evangelism is done so that God's will happens through people. Evangelism is meant to get everyone unified under God's will. Which, getting unified under God's will is the only way to get everyone unified. Hmm. so nice. when we evangelize we ought to amplify the whole gospel so that the people were evangelizing to not only avoid hell nice but they get the benefits of christianity so the death burial and resurrection real quick for you the burial represents our reward we talk about in a, in matthew chapter six it talks about burying or hiding yourself when you're either fasting or praying and or giving to the poor so we we liken this to the burial is the principle of reward so we start getting rewarded Mm. for the good works we do it's not salvation salvation is already taken care of then there's reward we start benefiting from loving others nice the resurrection which the Apostle Paul says, "Without it, our faith is made void." Is the most important part of the gospel. The resurrection is what enables us to to have eternal life. So, that's something that here's another concept people often lump. Salvation and eternal life are two different things. Oh man, salvation is not going to hell, or not going to the lake of fire for eternity, right? Mm-hmm. The resurrection. Is eternal life that is living with Jesus, with the Father in heaven, or what would like they say in the New Jerusalem for eternity? Right. That is that is a benefit. So evangelism ought to include amplifying all of those things, not just wow. salvation, but also how you can love others to gain reward, and how you can start living that eternal destiny, that life that we have with Christ. Today, I don't have to wait until the marriage supper of the Lamb to start living that amazing life with Christ. Those are the messages we amplify to people. An evangelist can start helping people experience and understand these things now. We don't have to wait for heaven to have a heavenly existence. So, evangelism would include sanctification Hmm. and witnessing. What do I do after salvation? How do I help other people experience salvation and how do I help other people experience what to do after salvation? So that's why even you know evangelism wow. included the previous two episodes we've done in this in this season so far, both sanctification and witnessing.
0: Amazing. Okay, so amplify. What does it mean to amplify?:
1: I think of it like a speaker. okay right? Like so I use a microphone. When yep. I'm preaching a sermon, right? Yep. The sound system, the speaker, the wires, all those intricate, you know, mechanical parts that I have no clue what they do. But I know the effect it does is it makes my voice extend its reach. Nice. It extends the boundaries of where the truth or the words that I'm speaking can reach. And in fact, recently, a sermon that I heard talked about the word champion and the word champion has the word amp comes from amplify right in it nice and the amp which then therefore someone who is a champion to someone else is the go-between so it is this person or this concept or this ability to extend or put more power behind one person to another person Or to another group of people. So the amplifying is to make more clear, to make more accessible, to give a wider reach. And that's what we say about evangelists too, is they have the longest reach. They reach people.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm a music guy. So it's uh, guitar, speakers, those are all amplifiers. Nice, And so evangelists are like or doing the work of an evangelist is being that amplifier of the message of God's kingdom. And so all of the things that we mentioned and all of the stuff that we've talked about in these episodes, people can share and give that truth to other people, which amplifies God's kingdom. It reaches more people. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been a blast, man. Thank
1: you. Yeah, great episode. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Hey, everyone. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you have been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.